you doing on the AC? And this is Alco Anime! Woo! I am talking about a brand new movie. Brand new as far as an English uh, release. But it's also the first, like, non-anime series-based movie that I've watched in a while. I can't re really remember the last one. I want to say Weathering With You. Oh, in theaters. I've watched plenty that came out on, like, Netflix. But at least... Movies that came out in theaters, I think the last one was Weathering With You. But, uh, I should probably say the name of the film. It's Susan May. Yeah, you know, Susan May. The film, Crunchyroll, has been promoting like crazy, uh, which just made even more pressure for it to be good. But, that's what I'm going to be talking about, the new Susan May film. But before I talk any more about the film itself... I have to, of course, talk about the first thing of the the first thing in the name of this uh, podcast, the alcohol, because it is alcohol anime. Ooh, and boy, is that alcohol hitting me. Um, ooh, okay, so there's a lot going on in this. Um, sh I haven't eaten really much today, so this alcohol is hitting me. Quite a bit. Uh, what I'm drinking right now, actually, is the Beast Unleashed, which, you know, it's only 6%. It's like Monsters, the energy drink. It's their, I guess, alcohol. It's not a energy drink with alcohol, because others that have tried that, those weren't that great. But I was looking for just anything that could make sense to go with this film, that I knew nothing about and stuff for do, do 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 and then like there was doors involved I was like I was at the store looking I was like is there any beer here that because I was being lazy is there any beer here that has anything to do with doors and there wasn't so I looked it up just a quick google search just to read a description of the film and it said something about on film and then I was just recommending, I was like, oh, just get this, it's the Beast Unleashed, and I was like, it's like a monster or whatever, and that's what they're trying to stop, and I was like, ah, I guess so, eventually I caved, also just because I wanted to try it, but yeah, you know what, it vaguely fits, and that's what I'm drinking right now, because I'm lazy and didn't do what I actually wanted to do, mm. and which I feel like ended up fitting so well later so my original idea knowing barely anything and just thinking of this idea of door and like maybe a monster coming through or going through or whatever I was like hopefully this makes sense it was like I already had soju so I was like oh okay that works and I, and I was like okay I can have the base of soju and I was like what if I hid like a shot of tequila in it and then like, you know, lemon or lime, whatever, putting it along the rim. And that would represent like Suzume and Sota. And, you know, you take it, drink it from that part. And then the tequila will eventually come through the soju and try to get out. And I was like, oh, that that would work. And it's like, mm, I mean, that's something. And that was the idea. I think that was literally a shower thought. Uh, me just trying to think of any kind of drank on my own without looking up anything and I was like I don't know it really felt like I was stretching then I saw the film and there's a worm it's just a giant weird cloudy gross looking pur purpley ready worm whatever that tries to escape through these doors and I was like 
I was on to something. I may have actually been on something. Because tequila or mezcal sometimes can have a worm in it. And even though my, I know this, my family has bottles of mezcal with worms in them. Of course, I'm not living with my family. I'm in a completely different city. So I can't just go get that. And I didn't really feel like going looking in liquor stores. And usually they just get those as gifts. I'm not exactly sure where they get those bottles from but oh i wish i could if i would have had at least one of those bottles i probably actually would have made that drink uh, some mezcal so mezcal a shot of mezcal hidden in a cup of soju with lemon and lime around the edges i feel like it actually ended up making sense Ooh, but of course i didn't do that the other then i gave up and decided, okay, I'll just look up something that has to do with doors. Uh, and what I found was like a freezer door cocktail. I was like, oh, okay. It's not really have to do with doors, doors, I guess. But it's pretty much just uh, take a, what was it? It was like you take a bottle of liquor, you drink or separate just enough of the liquor so that you can put your mixers in to that same bottle then you leave it in the door of your freezer and that's all it is and it could be any cocktail it's just mix it in the bottle and leave it in your freezer door and i was like oh and then i thought to my soju i keep my soju in the door of the fridge i was like yeah it works like that too but in the end, I didn't do either of those. I just stayed lazy, mainly because I'm busy. Uh, and I'm just drinking the beast. And you know what? When you don't eat f pretty much the whole day, you feel it. I'm only on my second one. Because, you know, since this was in theaters, in my theater, it kind of sucks. Uh, and then, in addition to it sucking, it also doesn't serve alcohol. And I went immediately after... Uh, getting off work, which is why I didn't eat because I didn't have time. Uh, and then straight to movie, and then straight back here to do this. And then I was just like, okay, I have these because I got them because uh, this is what was recommended. And I gave in, and yeah, I, I'm, I don't actually like them. I'm not an energy drink person really either so i don't even really know much about monster uh the only energy drink i was really much of a fan of was nos and and as far as i know they don't have any, uh, alcohol drinks yet so ooh, i guess we'll just have to wait for that um mm, mm. but yeah they're actually pretty good and the beast or monster the beast unleashed too it it actually does fit, so this was actually a pretty great recommendation. Um, it was actually by Essa, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, so, um, I guess that's it for alcohol stuff. I can't really think of a better drink off the top of my head. I couldn't find anything else store-related. I could have found stuff worm-related. I didn't even think about that. I didn't look it up. Hmm... But, of course, I feel like that has to do with, like, the worm of tequila or mezcal or something like that. I mean, any kind of drinks like that. As far as, like, making a drink for characters in here, they they don't have a big enough personality, really. And it's not really a, 
like me getting on to the movie yet, but they don't have like a personality that stands out enough to like drinkify it and be like, oh wow, you would really fit. It's like maybe I can make a drink that this person would like, and there is a little bit of drinking, but one one's a child, still only seventeen, high schooler. Uh, then, I don't know, there's cats. I feel like if you was going to make anything, it would be the worm. And I feel like what I said would probably be one of the best bets as for what kind of drink it would fit. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I'm really going to say about alcohol-wise. There was alcohol in the film. Um, I will probably just wait to talk about that part when I do my kind of little recap for the film. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to just move on to my actual watching experience because I like to talk about that a bit. I already pretty much mentioned I couldn't drink. It was I went straight from work, straight to this, and then straight back to here, and then I drank. Uh, never really get to eat, so that makes the alcohol more effective. So I guess it is fine. Um, I didn't really even need a drink during it. Um, but. Uh, going in a theater. Oh, this I watched this on a Thursday. Uh, what's the date today? The thirteenth of April, twenty twenty-three. If you need to know, uh, in case you're listening this way in the future. Uh, I, it was not technically it was supposed to come out in English until fourteenth, but you know, theaters don't listen to that stuff. Even mine, which is kind of a smaller city and not really much going on but unfortunately on this first date they did have three showings uh but the first and third showing was an english dub and i was like well i got stuff to do tonight uh and i just want to watch it as quick as i can so i gave in and watched the dub i pretty much just got over the fact that this might be the life of seeing dubs in theaters when I can, because even the times I did go and try to see sub, they still ended up being dubbed because I got lied to. But this one I did know ahead of time. I'm surprised they had three showings, but like I said, Crunchyroll was promoting this like crazy, so it's, it shouldn't be that surprising. What was surprising though is I wasn't the only one in the theater, but there also wasn't a lot of other people in the theater. I've gotten used to going to these and being the only one there. But there was two more people there this time. Ooh. And not me stereotyping. I saw a group of people at the theater when I was coming in that looked like they would be the type to come watch this movie, and they did not. So that was a little set upsetting. Well, it wasn't upsetting. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's too bad. Because I walked in, it's like, oh, there's actually going to be people here this time at, at four in the afternoon. So, uh, and then they didn't. But then I got in the theater, and there was two people uh, up at the very top, I was like, well, that's nice, I also wish my theater was better, um, better screen, this one, it was bent, like, I think it, it was slightly curved, which is a, a thing, I think they're doing more, but there was, like, in the top, there was a bent portion of the screen, which is a little weird, screen isn't that big, which is, I feel like this movie would be even better if it was one a little louder, um, to really fill up the theater noise, especially with it being 
empty and just a bigger screen so I can get more immersed. It's just looking out and seeing a lot of empty seats and then the screen is like, ah. So I don't know if there's an IMAX version of this, but that would have been cool to see. The other part about my theater, I need to just start going to a different city, but that's over an hour away to go watch it, which I've done before. Um, the speaker, one of the speakers kept popping or cracking at certain points and especially during the beginning and it may have done it throughout the rest of it and I just got used to it but uh, that was annoying at the beginning uh, hmm. it's not even like oh well at least that's the uh, not Apple uh, exposition phase of the film where it's kind of slow this movie actually gets into the action-y stuff pretty quickly so that was kind of annoying when that was happening but also because of the top of the movie it kind of cracking could have fit it just also didn't uh oh well but yeah that was my theater experience mm, kind of typical really for me not a great theater anymore i miss the theaters in hawaii uh, and then not many people which i mean what are you going to do can't, I can't do anything about that. Nobody wanted to go with me this time. Mm, oh. mm. Yeah. And then uh, I think I did it to another film. I don't remember exactly which one it was. Maybe it was um, Quint, uh, Quintessential Quintuplets. But while I was just sitting there waiting for the movie to start, I'm like scrolling through Instagram to see Quintrell's like, Susan May comes out tomorrow. Um, the 14th, and I was like, fuck you, I'm in the theater now, it's the 13th, I'm watching it early, and I felt more privileged, and blah 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 bullshitty stuff, ah, uh, and then I put that, I was like, I'm about to see it sitting in the theater now, I didn't say anything mean after that, like I kind of just made it seem like, but, yeah, that's what I was doing, then posting pictures of me, I don't know, I'm just rambling about experience that was just okay the film was just a little bit more than okay but it wasn't anything phenomenal it wasn't bad at all and it was like it was decent it's a decent film but i guess this is me going into actually talking about the more educational and informational and you're going to learn something about this film or you could just look it up on wikipedia i guess so yeah susan may um Oh, the Japanese title is Suzume no Tojimari, um, which I noticed watching the film. And I was like, oh, because they have the English name or title, and then under it, they still have it in Japanese. And I was like, oh, there, it's more than just Suzume. But apparently, Suzume no Tojimari means Suzume's locking up, which makes sense. Um, but it's not really a cool name, I guess, locking up. I can't think of anything cooler. Really, Susan May, it works. It fits. I don't even know what Susan May means or if it does mean anything. Uh, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, let's see. Sparrow? Huh. Susan May is primarily a female name of Japanese origin that means Sparrow. Oh, Japanese names. Japanese name of the sparrow in Pokemon game. Really? Huh. Wow. Mm, I'm trying to think now. Does that fit Susan, the Susan May character? I also didn't know 
what Suzume was or where the name would have came from. It is the name of the main character, so. At first, I was like, what is a Suzume? And it could have been a Sparrow, but at least to me, there's nothing Sparrow-like about the main character. If that's actually what it means. I just did a really, really quick um, Google search at this very moment. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, apparently, you know, looking up information, and I'm assuming it's going to be factual enough. Um, Susan May, oh, it did have an IMAX screening in Japan uh, on November 7th, 2022, and then it was officially released nationwide on November 11th. Hmm, okay. But yeah, this is, if you did not know, a film from Makoto Shinkai. If that name sounds familiar, it's because the movies most likely are very familiar to you. Same guy that did Your Name and Weathering With You. Uh, which is why, like I mentioned in the beginning, it's kind of just a surprise, but also really cool. But I don't know, why are there no other people putting movies out in theaters like this? Because there's been more that I watch on Netflix. I guess Netflix is just buying them up, or they just don't feel like they're theater ready. Uh, so this Weathering with You must have been the last m- m- anime film not based off a, a series that I saw in theaters. I can't think of anything else that it would have been. But, yeah, big name. And I was already unknowingly a fan of his because I already had the manga for um, Garden of Words and 5 centimeters per second. Look at behind me to check to make sure that's the names of those. Yeah. Um, the Garden of Words, that was one of the first volumes of manga I ever bought one of the very first. I just didn't even realize it. it got five centimeters per second a bit after, and I'm pretty sure that one came before. Then of course, saw weathering with you, and then your name. Um, I, I saw your name on the flight once. I'm pretty sure I saw it, and now I finally watched Susan May. So, you know, maybe I also oh I also have the Japanese version of your name um manga so i have all that i haven't read it because i don't know japanese and it'll take me a while to translate and read uh so i guess i need to get some form of weathering with you and suzume there i'm pretty sure there is a manga or novelization of suzume now too i don't know if there's one available in english yet but it could be but, yeah, so, that's when this came out. Eventually, you know, I already said this earlier, it came out in English on the, it's supposed to be the 14th, of course, I saw it on the 13th. Uh, and, I did, mm, wow, looking at it, just, it was, it became fourth highest grossing film of 2022. The fourth highest grossing Japanese film of all time. Wait a minute. The highest grossing Japanese film ever released in China. Hey, I'm trying to do I don't know, weird math. Fourth highest grossing film of 2022. And fourth highest grossing Japanese film of all time. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Wait. I guess worldwide it was the uh, fourth highest Japanese film. But in Japan, 
because it was only fourth, which means there's three others that may have not done as well. I don't know. That's just going in, I guess, semantics or whatever. Hmm. I don't know, there's, you, all this stuff can easily be looked up. Um, one other thing I do want to mention before actually talking about the film is the music. Of course, if you saw the trailer as much, especially as much as I did, you know that the... Which is catchy. Or, I mean, I'll just listen the whole time. But there's one scene, and the scene itself isn't anything that special. But the music from it was like something straight out of Cowboy Bebop. And jazzy, bebop-y, I guess. Just really cool and full of energy. And then the rest goes more like that kind of style. So it was like, I wish it would have more like bumping music. Like the one I just mentioned, and so all of it being more like da 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 da, da. it's like, mm. but really they don't even play that song that much, um, but all the rest of the songs kind of have that kind of feel to it, or maybe it is all one song, it's just different parts they play, or I just didn't pay that much attention, who knows, but, uh, that's all the informational part, I don't want to go on too long about it, even though I did, uh, because there's there's actually a decent amount of this film to talk about, even aside from just, you know, recapping it. So, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. So, yeah, Suzume Iwato, um, just taking notes of names since I suck at them. Apparently, I think I'm already mentioned, she was a 17-year-old high school girl um, in Kyushu, which is pretty much bottom of Japan and one day while going to school she runs into this guy named Sota and just he's just looking for ruins and uh she pretty much makes it to school I guess or no wait uh, she passed by him, is on her way to school, then turns back, goes, and apparently there's just just big area that's just abandoned, which is a common thing in this movie. There's just a bunch of areas in this movie that are abandoned, and nobody does anything with it. There's like an amusement park at one point, and they do say it's because they just can't afford to tear it down, but... I don't know how expensive it is to do that stuff. She goes there. There's a big, kind of, it looks like an arena. And there's just some water in it. Honestly, I don't, my first thought was like, is this the same town that the meteorite or meteor or whatever has struck in your name? But I don't think they're connected. They could be. Um, And she goes looking for this guy. Finds a door in the middle of this arena with some water in it. Tries going through it, and this whole time, I thought the whole thing of the movie was her going through doors. Kind of like How's Moving Castle, uh, how he has doors I just go through, and she'll be going back and forth through doors. That's not it. Um, and she opens this door, goes through, there's a little 
a keystone thing like a cat that keeps it i guess sealed she takes it out turns into the cat it runs away she runs away too then makes it to school and sees this big reddish worm thing coming out of the sky that only she can see nobody else can see it so she rushes right back and this girl she must have like legs of a beast unleashed um because she's just going uphill and back and forth and on bikes and stuff and I, I can't ride a bike uphill i'm i don't know too lazy i just suck i don't know i'm walking that bike up the hill but she's just going Ah, <sighs> gets back, and there's Sato trying to shut this door that this giant worm's coming from, and, oh, I didn't say anything, because I'm about to say some stuff. Spoiler alert, I always forget to say spoiler alert. I'm going to spoil everything in this film, especially right about now. And, giant worm's coming out, and apparently, this is another stretch. This worm lives under the earth or in the earth but also is like in the lives in the afterlife and it's sealed there and now it's trying to escape because she removed the keystone but this whole thing is just going high up in the sky and then dropping and causing earthquakes and it does it this one time and then never again it doesn't succeed ever and it has a lot of opportunities too, but they stop it each time. This is about as bad as it gets, and it was still, it was like a six something earthquake magnitude, but they get it, they seal it, and then from here on, the rest of the film is pretty much just a road trip kind of film, which I like road trip films. They're just interesting or whatever. This one is interesting on its own too, especially just getting to see like animated Japan. However, there's nothing too special that makes this one stick out anymore. I've watched a lot. Uh, the two that immediately pop out, you know, like Sex Drive and then, um, wow, which I didn't, oh, Logan. And it's pretty much them. They go, um, the cat keystone thing. Oh, I guess this is a big point. And cat keystone thing turns Sato into a chair that, um, Susan May's mom made for her. He was sitting on it. Cat showed up. Uh, turn it, put him into the chair. And now he's just a chair that can run and walk around. Don't know. It's awkward. It's weird. Everyone else can see it. People fall in love with the cat. They named it like Daijin or something like that. And But they can also see this chair just running around. And they have, I think, the common theory and excuses. It's just like a robot. <laughs> Whatever. Uh... But yeah, the, the plot in the movie is literally the cat shows up somewhere further north and eastish in Japan. They go to where that cat was. It turns out there's a door opening, uh, and they have to shut it. And they do that like three times, three more times. The, so where she initially lives, and they go three more places. Uh, the I don't, uh, I don't remember exactly where. I don't remember exactly where the next place it goes, but I do know, but wherever it goes, she runs into this girl, um, who sells tangerines, oranges, I don't know, their family, it looks like, owns a restaurant, or in, no, like some kind of little restaurant, or whatever, so she becomes friends with her, the, 
the worm thing ends up coming out of like a school, elementary school or something that was also abandoned and still left there. Um, but they get it shut and there's no problems from that. She moves on to Kobe. Uh, and then on the way there, there's like a mom with two little kids. Uh, and she takes her all the way to Kobe where she has like, she owns a little bar or something like this. And even with her two kids who and lives upstairs and she gets Suzume a babysit. And then once those kids fall asleep, who also discover this chair is a person kind of, they think it's just a cool toy or AI in a chair or whatever. And this is like credits scene stuff. You can see that the two kids make chairs for themselves, or at least put, like, eye holes or whatever on their own chairs. I want to say that now before I forget. But, yeah, they do this, and then she goes down to help at the bar, and... Hey, Mama. Um, she, on the road trip, she's, like, very, like, typical nagging mom and fussing at the kids and whatever. And then you get her to see her as, like, a hostess at a bar, and it's like, Hey, Mama. What are you doing, Mommy? Uh, but yeah, then, of course, Worm shows up at the amusement park I mentioned earlier, in a Ferris wheel kind of thing, and Susan May takes a little trip into the Worm, goes through the door while the Worm is coming out, uh, this whole time, uh, Sato Chair is trying to fight the cat to get a turn back into Keystone, and then we learn more, Susan May sees um, her younger self, and, uh, also in, like, this field or whatever, and then someone who she thinks might be her mom, um, giving her the chair, mm. but as she moves, she's not actually in it, she's just seeing it, so her body is still physically in this Ferris wheel cart, and she almost walks out, but then Sato chair saves her, or Sato, Sota, wait, which one is it? Sota, Sota, Sota. Uh, and then they get it closed, and that's it. It wasn't able to cause another earthquake. And then they move on to find out cats in Tokyo, or maybe they just plan on going to Tokyo anyways, <coughs> which is where Sota's from. He's a grad student wanting to become a teacher, so they go there, stop by his apartment. He has a friend who's also a teacher. Turns out Sota was supposed to be going to some kind of... Oh, this whole... I'm all over the place. This is why you don't drink and try to review stuff because you forget stuff. I should at least take a note where I got back, but I'm not. Sota and his family, he comes, we're called closers, and they go throughout Japan closing these doors um, because of this worm. And there's a keystone in the west and a keystone in the east. Um, and the one she pulled was the one in the west, and that, the other one is in the in Tokyo. Um, but because the one in the east west was pulled, uh, it, the one in Tokyo isn't strong enough, so they're trying to research real quick and find out where that gate is so they can go and shut that one before the worm. But then, in the big, almost what could would seem the first climactic moment, or the first climax of the movie, it comes out like... Uzumaki, Uzumaki style just swirls up and becomes huge um, and this is where Daijin the 
Cat Keystone form or whatever, pretty much tells him that uh, Sota is now supposed to become the Keystone, and he's realized that. And the only way to stop this, the worm thing, I don't remember if it ever gives it a name. Let's just call it worm thing, monster or whatever. And like, if it falls this time, this huge body or whatever, then it will destroy the world. So she has to like actually use Sota as the keystone, stab him in, and throughout this whole thing, every time he went to sleep as a chair, because he can sleep, he can't eat. The point that is brought out, uh, he like kind of looks like he freezes over. He's stuck in the chair and he freezes over, almost losing himself until Suzume kisses him, kind of, or the chair. There's this whole thing. It's like she sees the eyes, but where's the mouth or whatever? And I'm like, it's like, okay, well that's you know, it brings us back to the senses. But it's finally time for her to use them as keystone, and it works really easily. It just works. She just stabs it, and then that's it. And then uh, Daijin saves her from falling out of the sky. But then she goes is able to close the gate uh, in Tokyo by herself. Um, but then Daijin's like, oh, well, Sota's gone, I can be your cat now, blah, 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 but then Suzume, I don't want you, blah, 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 blah. and that makes Daijin sad, and he goes away, but then she goes and visits Sota's grandpa, get information from him, um, she pretty, he pretty much just tells her, uh, don't waste Sota's sacrifice, but then she refuses, to accept that and says so she's going to figure out a way either way so she he gives her uh, the advice of you can see the stuff you can do whatever um, if you go back to the door you originally opened as a kid and got lost in you might be able to go in and save Sota blah 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 do whatever and she's going with the intention of replacing him as a keystone um, but so that's what she decides to do. Go all the way to pretty much nearly the very northwest, northeast part of uh, Japan to where she was lives. Because hey, the road trip isn't over and the movie isn't over. This is like I didn't even say 122 minutes. It's a two-hour movie, which is cool. And this is where the road trippy part is. It's still road trip, but it actually moves on to something a little different. Uh, feeling instead of just come here meet people get help do the thing move on to the new city and repeat that because he she goes about to leave his Sota's friend who I don't even remember his name um uh says he needs to find Sota too offers to drive her and so they're gonna go the rest of the way and then something I completely forgot uh, her aunt shows up. There's this whole time, I didn't even really mention it throughout, her aunt has been trying to get in touch with her because she just randomly left without telling her aunt. And her aunt has this whole, like, other thing going on with her life. There's this guy who's just been sipping over that she works with and has been trying to help her out too. But then eventually her aunt just gets fed up with it and decides to go to Tokyo because she's been tracking her, like, card statements and whatever and coincidentally right when uh Suzume is about to go with this guy and what is her his name I don't remember 
Uh, he's a decent dude. He's pretty cool and whatever. Uh, I will try to look at his name. Da, 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 da. Mm. <coughs> I'm not seeing it anywhere. Did this guy just not get a name? Uh, da, da, da. I guess not. Uh, he must be there somewhere. Oh, whatever. Oh, the worst name is Namazu. Or, huh. I guess that's a real thing, or maybe it's based off that. I don't know, but yeah, it goes with this guy who was his friend, and his excuse is uh, Sota owes him money. But yeah, and then <laughs> Suzume, her aunt, and then Daijin go with this guy all the way up to, I don't remember the name of the place, uh, just very far north. And it'll take, I think, a seven-hour trip, which I'm assuming in Japan by car would be a long trip for any of them. Uh, that's like going through an entire state here. Well, I'm from originally from Virginia. That's like almost going all the way through Virginia. Uh, and shh, they do that. They stop along the way and turns out the grandpa had an old friend and they meet pretty much what used to be the Tokyo Keystone and it's a big black cat much bigger than Daijin. Daijin joins him too. Of course I don't remember if I said that. But then um, for some reason this black cat possesses her aunt and makes her just say a bunch of mean stuff that was true not to that extreme but lets her just confess how she really feels and then she passes out. But yeah now that she has this big black cat just following them along too as they keep making their way up. Um, and this is where it's just his friend is more humorous, and because of that, everything else becomes humorous. Um, and just like the back and forth between her and him and her aunt, um, which makes me like, oh, these two would be nice together, even though she's like 40 and he's like almost about to be a teacher, so early 20s. And it's was like, ah, oh, but I mean, she's hey. She's a hot aunt, uh, good-looking 40-year-old. Uh, Susan May even points that out. So they could, but then she has a scent back home waiting for her to come back. So I was like, ah, but you were a little too desperate. These two had a better rapport, I think. Whatever. Um, and he has just random stuff, but it adds to the humor of this last part leading into the finale of the movie. He just has this old convertible that looks nice until, you know, you start figuring out how well it works. And he's just, like, driving. She kind of shits on it. And then it starts raining. And he's like, can you put up the top? And he tries. And he's like, oh, it's broke. This is just the chronicle of a convertible now. And it comes up partly, but doesn't cover them. They wait. That's when all the black cat stuff happens. And they leave again. Um, and then all of a sudden, they're driving. They're talking. The black cat talks. It surprises them. Um, and it causes him to run over a bank, uh, and then he's crashed, and the top comes and it's fixed, and it's like, oh, at least the top's fixed, and then he opens the door, and the door falls off, and it's like, well, fuck, and they're pretty much stuck face down, the car's face down, and they're not going anywhere, and they still have about 20 kilometers left, which... I think a decent time for a 5K is like 20 minutes. So that's an hour and a half if you run. Um, so Susan May takes off. 
with the cats. Then the aunt finds some old bike, which, as bad, beat up, and rusted as this bike looked, there's no way it should have been able to run. The tires definitely shouldn't have been able to work at this point, but she does, and the aunt just pales them along. And then they get back to their home, or at least her hometown, where she grew up a little bit. Mm. She's looking, finds a time capsule kind of thing, digs up her old book. It pretty much helps her find <clears throat> where the old door she originally went through. And she goes through it and actually disappears this time. The whole time she would run through it and spit it out on the other side. She can only look through it and not actually go through it. This time she actually goes through it. And uh, her aunt sees this. Uh, so she just sees her disappear. But where Susan May ends up is pretty much hell. It literally is just like fire everywhere. You get the big worm thing trying to escape through the now another open door that she just left open. But now big black cat turns into even bigger white cat and starts fighting the thing, holding it off. That way, Susan May and little white cat can go up, uh, pull the keystone that is Sato chair out, or Sota chair, and uh, this is where she tells uh, the little cat that she will replace him, and then that's when Cat feels bad and is like helping her uh, pull it out, and there's something to freeze over, but then they do it, they pull him out, um, and I guess the cat just felt bad this whole time. The cat was just wanting to be her cat. They thought this whole time, Daijin, the cat, was the one opening the doors. But I knew right away, this was like an Absol kind of thing. Like, Absol doesn't create the storms and disaster. He just, like, warns of them. And that's what this cat was doing. I feel like that was kind of obvious, that the cat isn't the one opening them. He was a keystone. Of course not. He was just leading them to the doors that were already starting to open. Uh, so that wasn't a surprising twist, if it can't even be called a twist. But they do... Uh, end up the big black cat. Oh, yeah, Dodging turns into a big black cat, uh, becomes a keystone. Uh, big white cat also becomes keystone. And this is a really cool climactic moment. This is when I wish I had an even better theater. And they both, uh, Sota and then Suzume, each with one. They go, follow Scott, and then they stab the giant worm monster in the head and in the tail and seal it back away. So, all, all of this was just pointless. <laughs> it was already sealed. Nothing new happened. It's not like they destroyed it for good or whatever. They just resealed it just because this keystone wanted to be Suzume's cat. Uh, I almost get so to killed or turned into a keystone forever too. And so it's like, oh, what was that all really for? But I guess it was for Susan May's own growth. Because after this, um, you see the image y'all kept seeing of her as a little girl getting something from who she thought was her mom. And it turns out, like, she goes and sees this in what is pretty much hell, or the afterlife. She sees her younger self, and she realizes she was seeing herself. And it's like, oh, what a twist. And... I don't know if I really saw it coming. It wasn't anything. It was like, oh, okay, yeah. It's like I didn't predict that, but also it was like, oh, well, that's not that big of a twist. Twist. It's not like it's completely unpredictable. She would look just like her mom. 
I was wondering if it was just something weird and it was supposed to be Sota. I think that was another thing that was trying to make people think is, oh, this was actually Sota. And she knew him all along. Which I'm glad they didn't go that route because that would be kind of bullshit and stupid. So I do like that it was actually her, not her mom. or Because then it would be like, oh, her mom was also like a closure or something, or something special. No, it was just her. It wasn't like her mom was lost in the whatever and she would be found because i feel like that's what's always done it's like you lost a parent oh well here you go this is where your parent was really time. no apparently this whole thing was um her mom who was like a nurse or a doctor or something worked in a hospital died and because susan may couldn't accept the fact ran off um in like a winter went through a door accidentally and got lost in this other plane and then older Susan May eventually came by, gave her the chair her mom made, and she went back. And then her aunt found her, and that's when he made her a daughter. And then this is 12 years later. Here's the problem, though. Um, I think it was like a tsunami or another earthquake or something like that. Maybe both that destroyed where she grew up, which means the stool was lost somewhere. But if it's future... Susan May given younger Susan May the chair that future Susan May had, where did the chair come from? Like, because it's not like she got found the one in the passing gallery. It's the one she's had this whole time. Where did the chair come from? There's like a little I don't know, a paradox or just a little loophole or something like that doesn't make sense. I don't know where this chair came from. Uh, I mean, I know it's made. They give you a little flashback showing the mom make the chair. Because, uh, you know, it's just... They need to give this chair some backstory, I guess. Because there's nothing that special about the chair aside from it just being from her mom. And her mom made it for her. But her mom isn't the one that gives it to her again. It's her. It's just one of those, like, almost like a time travel paradox kind of thing that always makes me hate time travel stuff and it's like okay where where did the chair come from this is one you had I don't get it I don't know I don't know anyways they do that they come back they finish all that it was like oh big twist and all the dangers over and um turns out his friend and her aunt was waiting for him uh, I guess the car is fine enough to drive I don't know how he got it out but it's patched up a little bit. Turns out he owed Sota money the whole time. He just forgot and realized he shouldn't say anything. Uh, him and the aunt just have a nice rapport. I like it. Uh, but yeah, apparently Sota is going to take trains and other transportation back to Tokyo and close more doors along the way. It's like, okay, not even a breather, I guess. You just go and go right back into it. And then the aunt and Suzume ride with the friend back too and then I guess to Tokyo and then they do their own traveling to go back and visit the people Suzume found so her aunt go back to that little bar with the mom with the kids um, and then go back to the girl and their family at the restaurant and then eventually make it back home and all this happens in the credits, which is nice. It's a nice little, like, integrating the credits and credit scenes, too, which I like. It was nice. Music was nice. It was a nice way to end it. Um, I don't think there was any after credit scenes because you don't really need those. But, yeah, they get through all that. 
and uh, make it back to where you live. I, it looks like Susan May's also going to try to become like a nurse or a doctor or something, following her mom's footsteps. Don't really get to see what happens with the aunt. Uh, the guy that was simping over her, I assume he gets with her. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That was like, I thought it would turn out into something more than just him i thought like him and the aunt was going to go on the, another little road trip chasing after him but that's also another typical thing so i'm kind of glad that didn't happen but we don't get to really see any resolve i was like okay what happened with you all yeah but then it pretty much ends with um suzume that original walk she had to school or going and then who happens to appear again but sota Ah, uh, but there's a huge age difference. She's a high schooler, and they're trying to make it seem, and maybe it's just a Japanese thing, but make it really seem like, oh, these two make, maybe make a nice couple. Maybe they're just going to be friends, but maybe they'll be like sibling-like friends, like so close and do all this. But I guess Soto's just going around closing more gates and whatever. But uh, um, Susan May could also join this. Maybe if they did end up getting together become in like a couple whatever it, this could be their little job but um i don't even remember if they show sota actually becoming a teacher or not i'm assuming his friends did but i don't think we learned the fate of his grandpa either there might still be questions open to this i'm not exactly sure but yeah that's pretty much where the movie ends like i said um it was pretty good. It wasn't anything special. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of your name either. I thought that one was just okay. I really like Weathering With You. Um, but it's not one of my top anime films I watch. Like compared to Weathering With You, compared to like Premiere, um, A Silent Voice, it's not up there with those. Or even like the second My Hero Academia film. Or even Red, the One Piece film Red. But it was still a good movie. Like, if somebody want to watch this with me again, I don't know if I'll go to theater again. Maybe. Like, I would consider it. But I'll definitely watch this again if it, like, comes out on Crunchyroll or something. Um, even maybe by myself again if I'm feeling like it. Definitely if somebody else want to watch it. But it's more than okay. But it's nothing phenomenal. I mean, but he is cranking out hits. Like, this is still... I think it also... I saw it's the 8th highest grossing anime film of all time. Which, hey, pretty big. Or maybe even higher than that. For, I don't know. I'm trying to look at it right now. What does it say? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not looking. I'm not going to get through it. Yeah, the 8th highest grossing anime film of all time and with uh, 14th overall highest grossing film of all time there's no way uh, in Japan right yeah in Japan okay is this also just in Japan uh, I don't know but yeah he cranks out hits so can't complain but it's pretty good uh, I'm putting this out normally I would like to wait uh, if you're listening to this right when I put it out, I'm putting it out pretty much very soon. <laughs> like, there's right when the movie comes out. I'm going to put it out on the 14th, just like the movie's supposed to come out. 
something like that. So normally I would try to wait either for it to go through its run in theaters a bit more or after it's already came out just so people can watch it. But hey, if people already watched it or people <laughs> listen to this and then go watch it for some reason, hey, that's fine. Go for it. Uh, but that's all I really need to say about this film. It was a recap. I don't know if I went too fast or too slow on this. It's not one of my longest ones. Music was... Da, 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 that stuck in my head. And I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, that like jazzy bebop one. It was like on the way to the first gate. Or, you know, right when the road trip started. So it had that like cool road trip energy. But then the rest of the music wasn't anything crazy um oh i guess i should comment on the english dub english dub actually wasn't too bad i didn't recognize any of the voices uh so it's no one i know but it wasn't terrible maybe i'm just getting used to it and i'm going to try to stop shitting on them so much but sometimes they are bad sometimes they're just terrible like the demon slayer i thought about doing a episode for this podcast on the demon slayer movie slash early episodes that came out but i had to see that in english even though it was supposed to be subbed that was another time that i got screwed over and the english cast for that is just so bad i'm not saying the actors themselves are bad but the whatever is getting done in that it was just so bad we Oh, man, I went with group, and none of us was happy with that. Oh, but this one actually was pretty good. And I think that's a lot because I just didn't recognize the actors uh, or anything they've really been in. Uh, oh, I'm looking. I actually have seen stuff that the main actress has been in. Uh, Nicole Sakura. What? Nicole Sucker O'Connor, formerly Nicole Bloom. Maybe she married someone who's Japanese? Oh no. No. Oh, sh- Oh, okay. She is of Japanese descent. Okay. I, I haven't seen this person. It's not. Sh- but, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'll send it until dawn. Um, but yeah. Uh, English stuff actually wasn't terrible. I wasn't mad about it. Nothing that upset me. So it's fine. It all works out. I'm trying to see if I recognize any of these other voices. I don't. And that's fine. But if you're a dub person, hey, here's one for you. Um, I don't know if it lives up to the hype of how much Crunchyroll promoted it, though. So much. Went so hard into it. And it was just fine. And maybe that was a downfall of Crunchyroll. Now I'm just wondering if it's going to come out on Crunchyroll, though. I do think Crunchyroll helped produce the English, at least, release of it. Uh, I mean, they definitely did. And then Sony, of course, because Crunchyroll is owned by Sony now. But uh, they helped do the Kaguya-sama one. And that's already... That was another one I thought about doing an episode on now. It's still mine. That's already on Crunchyroll. Split up into episodes. But I'll save that in case I do that episode on that. But I guess that's all I really have for this talking about Suzume. 
who may or may not be sparrow-like. I just can't think of anything sparrow-like. There wasn't even really anything bird-like. Some of the my favorite part is just watching a Sota as a chair just running around and like he can really move the chair is missing one leg and like he's wobbly at first and it does even mention at some points where he's like he he's talks about getting more used to it but just seeing a chair run around to me was just amusing I thought it'd be something dumb it's like oh okay you just have to have like a little companion and I think it did say that reading like thoughts or whatever of this film, like they they didn't want to be too depressing because it is inspired and based off of like real earthquakes and disasters like that. So they need to make Sota a chair and be like a little cute companion so that it's not too too depressing and serious. But um, if I was to make anything the film itself better, there's just the stakes weren't high enough. You have that earthquake in the beginning and then nothing bad really happens again that affects anybody. Um, weathering with you, I'm pretty sure that whole place just gets flooded, right? Am I thinking of the right movie? I don't know. There's so many others where they are disaster. Maybe that's what she was, he's mixing it up because, I mean, your name, that whole place gets destroyed, or one of the, the girls' home pretty much gets destroyed. Maybe he's just mixing up and having happy endings. But that also was like, oh, well, that was a little lackluster, if anything. So, I don't know, more intensity. And it was, the parts that was, it was. But then, like, everything kept just turning out to be fine. It's not even like another one made it. And it, the one, the very first one, it happened so fast. And then I was easily able to stop it. Even when Daijin would pop him out, you're late, the worm's already here, it's already coming. And it's like, oh, you're late, this one's definitely going to hit. No, they still have plenty of time. It's just like, why is it taking so long? So that's really the only thing. And then, hmm, I, I like the fact that it was two hours. That's always nice. It gives it time to breathe and for the story to really progress and get you to really see what's going on. I want there to be more anime films that are at least two hours long, like this one. Because this one really satisfied me. But, uh, just so I don't keep rambling on and on and on and on about whatever random stuff, I guess I'm going in that talking about Susan May here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there was really anything else to bring up. Yeah. I guess that's it. So, that's all I have to say about Susan May for this episode of Alcohol Anime. If you want to keep up with me, you can do that on my social media, DAC Stories. You can also email me at DACStories at gmail.com. I also have a Discord. Um small community. I'll put links to all this stuff wherever you're listening to this in the description. Easy to find, whatever. But, yeah, let me know what you think. If One, let me know if you can think of a better uh, either worm or door or whatever kind of drink that'll fit with this, or if you have drinks for each individual character. Um, there was a character that owned their own bar, so it, hey, that fits into the whole theme of this. It, anime bar. Love anime bars. I need to go to a bar in Japan, just like I see an anime. But yeah, let's talk about that. Or just your thoughts on the movies. If you liked it, if you didn't, if you think this is one of the better ones from um, uh, Koto Shinkai. I'm about to burp. Um, man, we can talk about all that. Man, now you know where to find me and how to do that. So I'm always down to keep talking about it. But. 
Yep, that's all I got to say. That's all I really do. If you're on some kind of platform where you can like or heart any of that stuff, go ahead and do that. I'm sure that helps me with something. Uh, or if you can subscribe on wherever you're at, go ahead and do that too. Subscribe or follow. All that really helps. I appreciate all that really. I do this because I enjoy it and it's fun because I like drinking like watching anime and gives me an excuse to do both but hey when people want support and i know people are listening that's even better and it's so cool but that's where i'm gonna leave it off at that's all i have to say for this episode of alcohol anime until next time i'm the ac thank you so much again and bye